This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to yet another episode from an increasingly getting colder Delhi and unfortunately a little more polluted today after a couple of weeks of good air quality. Well, not good, but it was only unhealthy. Poor air quality. It is poor air quality, which is something we celebrate (laughs) here. (laughs) So thank you. I love the headlines that say Delhi air quality improves from hazardous to poor. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thank you to those subscribers who subscribe and make sure that at least we um at least we have air filters in office even though it isn't on right now for some reason uh, <laughs> hell is but, it not on <laughs> but if someone could put it on it be nice since our subscribers have contributed money because we don't take advertising revenue so thank you and thank you also to those who contributed to the NL Sena project those of you who's, who are becoming a part of the you know news laundry community and are members of that community that are Powering independent journalism. Thank you. Prateek spent... How much time did he spend, sir? In, uh, he spent about six days. He spent about six, six days, days in Telangana. The first report is up on our website. Second is... Uh, he sent it. So he we sent it. Yeah, it so will go up today. The second Maybe. one should be up, in fact, before this hafta is up, in fact. So thank you for those who contributed. We had set a target of about 2,20,000 is how much it would cost him to go and do the whole report. We have already collected about a lakh and a half. It would be great if the rest of the 70,000 could also come in. Otherwise, we will just have to fund it from other sources that we have to dig into here. But yeah, the more and more you contribute to these reports, the less we have to depend on advertisers. And like I've always said, when the public pays, the public is served. And when advertisers pay, advertisers served, support independent media, pay to keep news free. Now, I will introduce our panel before we get into the headlines. We have our usual in-house. I saw in a tweet someone referred to them as experts. So avoid doing that. We're not experts. We're just journalists. We're airing <laughs> our opinions. So uh, we have Manisha Pandey. <laughs> Hi. A superstar expert on nuisance. <laughs> Mehraj Lohan. Hello. Uh, who has just come back from Kashmir and maybe he'll tell us how things are there. Uh, are we to believe all the news tells us? Or? No, never, never believe any news on Kashmir, especially <laughs> from Indian media. Uh, we have Raman Kripal, our Hi. managing director. And we have a special guest today, Joanne Slater. Hi, Joanne. Hi, it's Joanna, actually, sorry. Joanna, okay. <laughs> gave me hope, Joanna. Gave That's me. the one. That's the one, okay. <laughs> so Joanna Slater is the Indian bureau chief for the WAPO, all right? That's a fantastic position to have. You must be getting all sorts. Are you on social media? Absolutely. Okay, so all you your followers get only, trashed. Only love, only love on oh, social media. Only love you get, okay. So if those <laughs> of those who don't know that you're responsible for all the barkas and ranas and atishes. No, I'm actually... There, so. <laughs> we actually have a pretty strict wall between the opinion and news side. So, oh, so you only do news? Yeah, only news. Okay, so, so you don't commission any of the opinion pieces? None. All right. Okay, so you've insulated yourself from that. Although we'll we'll explore what kind of news Washington Post gives of India. Uh, She's an award-winning former foreign correspondent for The Globe and Mail. Her career includes reporting assignments in the US, Europe, and Asia. Before you joined The Globe in 2010, you were with The Wall Street Journal. Your assignments included reporting on the financial crisis. Oh, you were there in 2008, Lehman. Yep. Oh, good. This is going to be a fun hafta. We'll talk about some... Retro pieces also. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. She spent seven years in Asia, based first in Hong Kong and then in India. 
you wrote about a wide range of topics including the massacre of the royal family in Nepal oh i see and the kashmir oh. dispute to discrimination against hiv positive children you report from 14 countries great more now <laughs> sorry <laughs> i said more now oh right how many now <laughs> i don't know i'll have to think about it <laughs> oh wow okay you can call her an expert yeah we can call her an expert <laughs> on something and you were named journalist of the year in the in 2015 at the national newspaper awards for coverage of the refugee crisis which won in the international category as well at the WAPO. Wow. Excellent. It's Canadian National Newspaper Awards. I see. Okay. Full disclosure. All right. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. I'm sorry we couldn't give you cleaner air, but the water is very clean. It goes through a reverse osmosis process upstairs. It's so. delicious. Oh, great. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, things are spiraling out of control. It comes to law and order. In the headlines today, just this morning, the four accused of rape and murder in Hyderabad uh, were shot while trying to escape apparently because the four people immediately escaped together and while one was shot the other three said let's fucking continue to escape when the second was shot the other two said fuck it you know we probably won't get shot and the third was shot the fourth said okay let me just unless all four escaped together and all the four shots were fired absolutely at the same time you got to be a fucking moron to believe the police version of events yeah, it's i mean it might be insensitive to say the an- analogy but yesterday two days before when we were doing uh, prime time india today stung apparently four stone pelters from kashmir right so all four of them in the same hotel in delhi were stung together i see. so this so, is yeah. like a similar four kind of, of operation all of them came together for a sting operation to india today <laughs> said come sting, sting us. us and we'll talk about oh yeah we can talk about that sting operation i saw that um of course that's something we'll be talking about we shall also be talking about mr chidambaram's bail and return to parliament and he gave a press conference and clearly he was well fed in tihar cuz he's full of energy that is good <laughs> to see uh so the non existent opposition at least has a voice and that is the one who has spent 106 days in prison while rahul gandhi is doing i don't know what then um we had the new uh, bill that is going to be presented in lok sabha citizenship amendment bill was cleared by the cabinet and it's going to be debated any time now in fact clear. right now today it should yeah. be passed in the lok sabha yeah it will yeah it's up for debate coming up on maybe yeah. it's up for debate so oh, okay. it may take some time but well not the way many other bills have been passed it's been like 10 minutes of debate um so we'll discuss that a little bit the slowdown continues and nirmala sitaraman is you know fighting off all sorts of attacks but not really getting anywhere with it because the numbers are not really in her favor yeah, gdp growth has slipped to 4.5% in september it's a 26 year low apparently yeah. Yeah. then um the impeachment joanna can tell us that's that's so full of excitement so in the morning when i switch on don lemon's show and and what there's that the other italian guy before him uh, on Chris CNN. Como. Yeah, Como, mm. right, right. Mm. So uh, th- that that's always very entertaining because they're full of emotion and passion. Uh, <laughs> I mean even they're not presenting news, they're usually presenting opinion although I can't stand Trump, but let's face it, they, those guys just go <laughs> go too far. Uh so that you can tell us uh, how likely that is to impact the election and if at all one should expect an outcome. Jharkhand election happened, there was 62% voter turnout, which is not bad. considering it is a state that is maoist hit uh, it was relatively peaceful with a few stray incidents which is so sad that we you know some violence is acceptable in an election and undav thakre won the trust vote with 169 eyes fadnavis of course had walked out because even the smaller parties and independents had decided to support mr undav thakre and there's a tariff hike guys all of you 
who are enjoying this on your 3G or 4G networks, Airtel, Jio and Vodafone are going to raise charges at 47%. The numbers of Vodafone seem terrible. I don't know how Vodafone long they'll survive. Vodafone should not should give it for free considering the call keeps dropping with Vodafone. It's a shitty service. Okay, be nice. They probably won't even survive the end of the year. Maybe they will. That's <laughs> just 24 days. They may not survive the end of next year. So, so be kind to them. They are under huge stress. I think finally Mukesh Bhai will be the only one left standing. And in unrelated news, I just caught it today and it reminded me of JNU that we discussed at length last time. Um, the Delhi University teachers, who are ad hoc teachers, gheraud and entered the VC's office and kind of just gheraud him. And sat inside and refused to leave. So, jab aise ho guru, to why blame the students? I mean, come on. Guruji kya karate? VC ka gherao karate? Sir, what a coincidence, mein bhi yeh karata. Except mein JNU mein karata. So that's that. So Joanna, let's start with what your view is. Before we get into the specifics, how long have you been in Delhi now? So I've been in Delhi for a little more than a year. I see. And the first time you've been to India as no. on a profession? Or no, no. So I was uh, based in Mumbai for four years. Uh, and I also lived in Lucknow for a year. Um, but I was on maternity leave at that point. So not working. Oh, so, so I'm at, you know, we're now so at about a total, coming up on seven years. So your, your maternity leave you decided to spend in Lucknow? <laughs> yeah, my husband does research there. So I see. he was doing research there. I see. Well, okay. Lucknow has great kebabs, great it food. It does have great kebabs, great chat. Great chat. Great monuments, nice great people. Great people. Great are really good to live. Yeah. I, I also worked for Indian Express there. Really? Best biryani in uh, North India, by the way, is in Lucknow. So I was 100%. in Gomti Nagar. Yes. I was also in Gomti Nagar. Oh, okay. yeah. oh no, near, near Gomti Nagar. That's where, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk later. <laughs> so, Jana, um, what do you think is similar in the political coverage in the US and in India? And what is dissimilar? This is a, this is a, you start with an easy question here. Uh, no, I'm kidding. It's not an easy question. No, but just, just uh, yeah. you can be completely yeah. honest here. You don't mm -hmm. have to worry about our nationalistic feeling being hurt. Because <laughs> we will not give a damn about yours. <laughs> Excellent. It's a deal. It's so a deal. It's a deal. Just feel free to tell us exactly what you think. No, no need for political you know, I mean, uh, look, I, I, think, um, I think I can only say what, people have told me, what Indian journalists have told me, which is that, you know, you, I mean, you were talking obviously about CNN's coverage and I mean, you can say many things about the coverage of the president in the United States, but it is not um, uh, restrained. Right. Uh, it is not self-censored. Uh, if anything, it's the opposite. It's quite uh, aggressive. Uh, I know that we take that job extremely seriously. I so think is that similar or dissimilar? I'd say that's quite dissimilar. <laughs> <laughs> dissimilar at the see. moment. At the moment, <laughs> I mean, and I, I mean, I mean, I, we can talk obviously about Kashmir um, in a bit, but certainly it has been striking to me that we have written stories about Kashmir that actually did not appear in the Indian media. It doesn't normally work that way. It shouldn't normally work mm -hmm. that way. We are normally the people who should be following what the Indian reporters do and report on. Um, so the fact that you've had stories that just simply won't be printed here tells you, I think, okay. a little bit. I mean, with the stories about, the story that we did about, you know, allegations of torture and abuse, you know, in the days and weeks after the revocation of Article 370, I mean, those are not difficult stories to find. Um, I didn't see them on the front page of any Indian newspaper. 
Yeah, newspapers, no. Some online publications. Yes, did yes, 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 yes. But yeah, but yeah legacy media. I mean, I'm. I guess when I'm, I'm when I'm discussing, I'm thinking, comparing newspapers to newspapers. Yeah, but yeah. Of course you're right. Of course you're news, right. Yeah. And television broadcast. T- television, so. television is like gone. That's a gone case. I shouldn't even so be compared. So you're saying one is, of course, the the U.S. media is a lot more fearless. They take the First Amendment very seriously, and yeah, I completely agree. But any similarities? Uh, I mean, are you? Is it as partisan there as it is here? I mean, like to that extent? And is the throwing away of facts as sacrosanct as much? Like, for example, some of the stuff that you see here published in publications that are considered mm. okay they may not be like up mm-hmm. there on the gold standard mm-hmm. but they have been publications that have a, had a history of reporting mm-hmm. where they just take facts that cannot be checked cannot be you know vetted mm. uh, is that happening there a lot I, I don't think so I mean again these things are always a little bit of these are these are judgment calls but sure. you know I haven't seen you know a national news Jan, I mean, again, someone maybe someone can come up with a, an example to 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 contradict this, but I haven't seen a national news channel you know describing you know, do running things about UFOs. Like, wasn't that wasn't that Z yeah. that did that right? Like, so there are sometimes things that come up that you just kind of yeah, that's th- India TV. It's their pet. Um. ABP used to do it of of you know snakes becoming like. So that kind of, that kind of stuff, I don't think you see. They, of course, it is. It is very. It's a very polarized atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's l- less polarized here in many ways because really? because the political system is not like a duopoly. Yeah, it's not democratic. So, yeah, yeah I think if you go down south, it's not like it is up north. Mm-hmm. Sure. Also, it's more homogenized, sort of like like you don't have as broad a spectrum from left to right as you have in the US. Out here, everyone is like a little to the left votes. and right of the center. There's a pretty big, I think there's a pretty wide political spectrum here, actually, much yeah, more than the US. I'm talking about the media, not the political. Right, so let's get first what the story that broke this morning. For those of you who came in late, there was a horrific, brutal gang rape and murder of a young veterinarian doctor in uh, Hyderabad hmm. um, and just the way they planned it uh, shocked me actually when I first heard it and I was sharing with Rajshree in fact uh, I, w- I couldn't believe that they actually plotted yeah. this all evening and I mean with the intention that they just want to have sex and they would rape a woman and kill her for that whole thing I mean how fucked up would that be I mean you just think about the mind space that these four people were in well that happened um there were all sorts of ridiculous statements made between that and the arrest and the trial should have started. Meanwhile, the Delhi Commission of Women Chief Swati is sitting on hunger strike wanting death penalty for rapists and a six-month period that all trials should be finished and the death sentence should be carried out as well. Of course, there's some technicalities in that, but we can discuss in a little more detail. And then this morning, we were informed that four accused had been taken to the scene of the, scene of the crime to recreate the crime and they tried to run away and two of them sn- tried to snatch the gun of one of the people with them and so they were shot uh, and but I don't think anyone believes it but people like Mr. Rajivardhan Rathor a minister a uh, former minister is he still a minister? Former, former minister has said very good well done police I saw two former director generals of police endorse and said we're proud of our police force uh, and disturbingly 
at the site, a whole crowd gathered and showered rose petals on on the cops who did this. My God, yeah. So that's where we are. So let's start, sir. What is your view of the coverage? And of course, ironically, this morning I saw Times now their reporter. I mean, he's a reporter. He's doing his job, taking a rather rational view that this is obviously an encounter killing and this is can't be justified. And but funnily enough, just about five days ago, that very same channel ran a hashtag saying, "Lynch the rapist." Or some yeah. shit. What was that? India has had enough enough debates. Do you want the rapist lynched? lynched? Yeah, this had an opinion poll. Should, yeah, do, do you, you agree that the and rapist of course, should be lynched? Said, what the fuck are you doing? And they took it down. But this we had a story, and then they, uh, they sort of changed the language a bit. Oh, really? Said MPs say debate <coughs> is. Yeah. We have had enough debate. But they MPs took down the poll. Saying, they took down the poll, but they put the poll back up, just saying instead of saying India wants, it says MPs want. So according to I them, see. that was the problem with the phone. Not, the not that they're asking whether the lynching yeah. is okay or not. So, yeah, no, so. I, I, I think the mindset for lynching these people was already, uh, you know, was there the moment it happened. The parliament was the, f- I mean, first organization speaking about, you know, lynching these guys. Yeah, Jaya Bachchan. Ah, Jaya Bachchan was there. Whose sanity herself yeah. She's suspect. such a nut. But this, this, has, <laughs> this has undermined uh, our judicial system completely. Uh, second, I mean, the more facts are n- need to come. Uh, I mean, we can only analyze later. But what I have heard that uh, these the policemen had taken them in the morning at six thirty. Three a.m. Three a.m. Six thirty. I heard. 6:30. I mean, I six thirty is when the shooting happened. Six thirty is when the shooting happened. But they were taken yeah. there at three two. Uh, I mean, why three a.m. Yeah. for the reconstruction of the entire? I can understand if the incident happened, say, at eight o'clock mm. in the night or seven thirty. Mm. So maybe at that time you take people at seven thirty. Police really want to see how they enacted the mm. entire thing. But this 6.30, why and then why didn't, didn't they shoot them in the leg? Oh. And also the major thing is this story uh, is also going to hide the police, uh, you know, uh, laxity into in, the matter. In the first completely. place, when they in did the first not. Place. Yes, exactly. How the why the incident happened? So the police laxity. Nobody is going to question that. Yeah. So so uh, the mindset is created by Parliament, and now all people. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's very unfortunate. It extremely unfortunate. And yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, is there? What would be the normal procedure when you take someone accused of a violent crime out of a jail? I mean, wouldn't they be handcuffed the entire exactly. time? They would be, yes. yeah. yeah I'm, they would I'm be handcuffed. Of, and even if they're can't running kind of away, I mean, you have police vans around. They'll be running out on, away on foot. You can't catch them. I don't think anybody doubts for a second that this was not this is a murder. murder. It cold was not a cold-blooded links, yeah. I think that, I, I think even the cops who were appearing on panels were I mean, they could not possibly start justifying that this was actually so. But so they were saying we are proud. They were kind of hinting that yes, of course it's murder. But I mean, I think it's truly problematic because we only know as much as the police has told us. Suppose these aren't the four guys. Mm. Exactly. That's the that's the. Basic I got point. a I got a message from Delhi Police Headquarters, which was in Hindi, and I had sent it to our WhatsApp, uh, you know, group, where the these the police is, uh, you know, there was a video. The policemen uh, in the south, they are hitting, uh, whipping one boy. And they said he is Pasha. And they were saying that if if there was the, now now the same person, the lawyers are going to save him. So if, if it is given to the police, 
they'll we will prove that, we will prove that. Yeah. And, and they will kill uh, you know these people immediately so this i i wanted to check whether this message is right or not and alt news came out with the news that it was a false this this uh, you know video, video was somewhere from tamil nadu and they were <laughs> circulating it uh, as they a were circulating one. but it, the, the what i want to say that the delhi police headquarter group had sent that message so even the cops are sharing this the cops are sharing which is a false yes. one okay so i know that the police brutality in the us is taken very seriously and and you know there've been cases where it 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 kind of escalates but is the conviction rate of cops because you know there was one very high profile case i don't remember the specific one but he was let off i think the one where she entered the house of uh, she was she was uh, she, she, she his was, woman shot him because she, she thought was it was her con- apartment she was convicted yeah. she was convicted yeah okay. she was convicted yeah. and and what's the punishment I I don't remember. I have to look that I up. I think in yeah. the that uh, mm-hmm. Eric Garner case, they well, were let of off. Well, of course. I yeah, think, Eric yeah. Garner. Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. let off. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, uh, impunity, police impunity when they're involved in shootings um, is not a solely uh, Indian phenomenon. But uh, the notion of an encounter killing I have found is a uniquely Indian phenomenon that it happens so frequently that it has its own terminology. Everyone just says they were encountered or right. it was like, there's not even like that. That is, you know, obviously issues of, you know, excessive force by the police, uh, things like what happened. And, and of course, especially, you know, uh, uh, against the African-American community, cases like Eric Garner's, um, you know, I mean, this is an enormous problem in the U.S. as well, but I don't, it's, it's not usually seen as a way to avoid trial. It's not normalized. In the it's, sense it's certainly it's not, not like normalized that, that I did that we're going to, you know, we're just going to get rid of it. So we're take care I of this see now. you did a report on this specific case. Just now. You yeah. mean the, the Hyderabad case. The Hyderabad case. On December 2nd is when you reported. And I it. also wrote one this morning. I oh, thought I you were talking about that one. Okay, no, I, I'm talking <laughs> about the one. So yeah. um, uh-huh. when you did this report, you you had gone to Hyderabad? No. For this? Okay, this is so... No. But, um, when you like file stuff mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. out, out of here, mm-hmm. what is the time period that you take for a turnaround and what is expected of you as, as the bureau chief that let's say it happens on day zero, mm-hmm. by day two you have to have a report back there and if you're the only person here, right? Uh, no, I have a colleague here. Yeah. We're so two person two bureau. So yeah. you have to travel all over this 329 million <laughs> hectares of India or you are... A, no, stringers. thankfully we have stringers. We have stringers all over the place uh, who are uh, fantastic, and we really rely on them. These are like this is like now we're, in, we're into like journalist nitty gritty, you know, <laughs> assigning uh, questions. No, so in this case, I mean, in this case, um, obviously the news had come out over the weekend mostly is when it started to percolate on a kind yeah. of national level, and then there were protests, and then on Monday you had people coming out you know, in parliament and really talking about this case. We try to exercise some judgment when it comes to these cases about which ones we're going to write about. And so this one clearly was yeah, important was and, uh, and gruesome. So we wrote about it that day. We'd made the decision that day, did the reporting that day, wrote about it that day. So there was another case in Unnao, right, Manisha, which is not connected to the no. other Unnao case. So just clarify <laughs> no. that because in case there's some confusion around that. No, there was another case in Unnao, which is not the case that involves Kuldeep Sanger. This is another case where this girl was raped. Uh, the accused were jailed and then they were out on bail. And when she was on her way to the court, she was attacked and set on fire by the accused. And I think 
normally this would have been a snippet but because there was a hyderabad case where there was a rape and a murder i think media sort of gave attention to this case but i don't think otherwise it would have caught anyone's attention and it's still if you look at it it's kind of died down mm. and i think in this case um of course we were discussing about this case from day one about how ghastly it was and it, it's really difficult to not be moved by everything that you read and especially the sister who was so helpless you know mm. but the thing is that um her last call to her sister was around 9:30 by 9:45 she realized she couldn't get in touch with her sister so she reached the police station and she couldn't file a first information report till 3:10 so those were crucial hours lost and the rape supposed to have happened between 9:30 to 11 now if the police had activated itself right there instead of asking her oh did she run away with a lover or you know or maybe she's just gone off somewhere maybe this woman would have been saved and instead of asking those questions of the police we are now celebrating that oh the, these are the same guys who ignored the yeah. sister when they first when she first came to the station and, and, yeah and now they want to kind of swipe and now that. you just do this and uh, people are sharing you know rose petals at them and i think one thing which is really really disturbing in cases like this is how the media frenzy just takes over any sane discourse right from the day one you had journalists running hashtags like death for rapists you know you should lynch them arnav was saying you should tattoo rapists on their head and demands like when they're in jail they should not be fed what are we like what are we what are we going towards or you know starve them to death in jail and you've had journalists completely normalize this kind of discourse and today i'm very sure there're going to be debates where journalists will attack okay? human rights activists yeah. why are where you, are the human rights why are human the, rights activists where was, worried where about where it? human rights of course it's you just know? so dumb and the discourse like um, like raman sir said like and you said that we don't know and many cases people are forced to and there's a famous case in delhi where this guy had um i forget the exact case but this guy had confessed to committing rapes and then the police caught someone else during the shivani murder case hmm. where he confessed to the rape that the other guy had confessed to so it's even in police custody confessions are made and there is of course torture used how do we know for sure what in these fact, four guys were in uh, fact that um i had recommended i think on uh, this thing the central park 5 that netflix series has made on them what's it called um I, I haven't seen it but I know about it yeah So now at that time with that whatever the frenzy was at that time if these five kids had been handed over you know th- that would be the end of them and then mm. years later you realize they were innocent and this is not unheard of in India I mean yeah. there are people who have spent 10 years 20 years in jail and then they come out they had done nothing Yeah there was like the guy who was supposed to have the person who was supposed to have led the whole mob which supposedly burned the 2002 that uh, train in mm. godra yeah turns out he he was acquitted later he was acquitted. recently one kashmiri guy who was in jail for 16 years was acquitted so you don't know if these people were even yeah, if they were so even in this case the first few hours hmm. it was muslims raping yeah that woman. was the whole yeah, yeah that That's was the narrative case, that was right. a picture painted mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, only after they found that the four of them yeah. are Hindus. One, one, one of them is Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. Muslim. Yeah. So it, it died down. No, and also, just a week before this case, there was another woman in a village in, in um, near Hyderabad. She was raped and murdered. There was a case in Noida. There's a case in Unnao. Mm. You don't hear of these cases at all. This case was primarily, it sparked off because there was one guy who was a Muslim. That kind of sparked the outrage. Of course, it was also very heinous and there's also people like us sure. factor. She's a middle class girl. Exactly. She's like that, us. I think that has you know? a lot to do with it. Joanna, you want to say something? You've no, I was just going to say that uh, in writing this story, 
you know, we are, we always try to reach a lawyer for anyone mm-hmm. who's accused of a crime. I mean, I think that's kind of a basic, basic obligation. And to the best of our knowledge, these guys don't have legal representation. Mm-hmm. And what the local, the Mabub Nagar, you know, Bar Association came out and said they refused to represent these guys yeah. out of, you know, moral solidarity with the victim, which is, which is lovely and a nice sentiment. But, you know, to the point that, we actually will never know if these police accusations would have stood sure. up in court. Without a judicial process. Right. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And also, I think uh, when we are talking about these incidents, it's kind of a mistake to see them in isolation. This is not just a case of police brutality. It is part of, it goes to the structural violence that is present in Indian society. This is a country where like, people are treated as dirt every single day of their lives, where people are oppressed, Dalits, scheduled caste, scheduled tribes, Muslims, where 19 million people have been basically are being driven into concentration camps and nobody says anything. This is a country, this same, by the way, the same uh, uh, the police, police commissioner, uh, Sajjanar, in 2008, he was uh, commission, uh, superintendent of Warangal. And there were three people who were arrested for throwing acid on two girls. And similarly, they were taken to the crime scene for reconstruction and all that, and they were shot dead. And this guy becomes a commissioner. Mm. There's no accountability. There's no... uh, This culture of impunity that exists in Indian society when it comes to gender violence, when it comes to repression of the minorities, when it comes to uh, repression... Violence against the oppressed and the woman. It's so normalized because that's why these things are being celebrated. And partly this is also because I have been saying this on I think literally every hafta the culture of impunity that exists in this country and the lack of accountability which goes to the heart of the democratic deficit that exists in this country Hmm. so uh, So, I remember when I was in Catch News in 2015 was it? 2017 there were eight supposedly semi-operators who were uh, in jail and they Hmm. somehow escaped from a prison with like 20 foot walls or something and they were killed Mm. and then we accessed these audio recordings of the police and the other people basically saying yes we killed them in cold blood and those people the chief minister tried to award them those people the policemen but the, I think that's, there was an outrage and then that's, that's um, true for a that. bunch of cops there's one particular cop in UP I believe Netflix or someone is making a series on him um, uh, who is known for his there was one film made up the Batis or Chattis or Chappan with Nana Patekar that yeah, now they're also celebrating. Nayak guy, yeah. who but later it turned out that he was on the payroll of some 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 mafia. Yeah. I remember my first meeting with Nayak when I joined uh, Mumbai Bureau of Indian Express. So my first meeting in a cafe. So he takes out two two pistols out of his pocket. He sit and then keep those two pistols on the table and then he's talking to me. Did you did you ask tough questions? We did. I mean, he, he took me to a, he, he first of all took me to a studio, uh, which he, I think he partly owned it or something. So the moment he opened that studio, there was one uh, body. And I said, what, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Almost, you know, it, it looks like original body. Then I bought uh, for the, for the, dummy. the dummy, 56 bodies in the. One each dummy for each. Each dummy, the each encounter that he did. So Are there you was there was <laughs> yes, in that yeah. That was my first first meeting with Nike. Why? 
Wow, okay. But you know, Manisha, what you were saying about people like us now, for example, there's the video emerged of a woman dancing in Chitrakoot in UP at a wedding. And uh, when she stopped dancing, you know, the dancers who are... She was shot in the face. She was no, shot I in the face. This, yeah. Why? Because so she stopped dancing and the, the, the guest wanted her to continue dancing. And this video has emerged. In She's fact, a, it's here. She, she was a professional dancer? She's a professional dancer. Okay. And what happened to Jessica here in Delhi became big. This exactly. will not get because yeah. it's a poor, not very high uh, income range, economic bracket in Chitrakoot. And there's a video of her. And if you were to go by that logic that we were taught in, in, in video, that if you don't have images, if you don't have video, it's not a video story. It's a struggle to make it a video story. Hey, the video is there, but I doubt if anyone's going to pick will this be about up. that. It'll yeah. still be about, yeah, uh, you know, someone like who's I said, structural like violence. If it was a person like us, we'd be talking about yeah, it. We are not, not talking about it because, because these people are supposed to be treated yeah. like this. Yeah, people like yeah. us are not supposed to be treated yeah, exactly like this. There's one the more thing I just wanted to add: of the cynical use of the media of the parents and of Jyoti Singh's mother every time something mm. like this happens. Yeah. Right after the encounter, out. journalists have gone to the parents' house. Obviously, they'll say we're happy. They've lost a child in the most brutal way. You go to Jyoti Singh's mother, obviously she'll say this, but to use that and then say that, oh, but India was fed up and India wants justice. It is so cynical. I'm, no, I'm wondering if the, if they were to go to many of those who were who lost loved ones during riots that are overseen by prominent politicians who are in prominent positions and said, so would you be happy if that person got lynched? And they say, yes, let's lynch him. Would yeah. they? See, the thing is, I think if you're going to set a standard, you got to set it for everyone. How, like Bapu said, if you're going to do something, is it going to impact the... Think of the poorest man in the country. If it's not going to impact him or help him, then fuck your plans. Similarly, if you're prescribing something, say, would it apply to this politician who I love most, who is also responsible? If you can't apply it to him, don't fucking apply it to someone who is like a, a lorry driver or a... Uh, you know, a cleaner who makes like 4,000 rupees a month. Yeah, or people Jaya like Bachchan, Chinmanand. Jaya uh, Bachchan speaks such unconstitutional words. And, and the they're not they're even... Parliament is talking about lynching. She's genuinely nuts. But then again, she is only saying it. We ah. have a prime minister in this country ah. who oversaw the massacre of 2,000 yeah. people. No, but Jaya Bachchan is country. actually... Nuts. I mean, she's clearly not saying. She was the one who said, no, that RJ should be jailed. Jailed, I yeah. Think she basically, you said anything to her. And we did a piece on that. She basically Linda said that radio jockeys Gopina. that make fun of politicians or mimic them should be jailed. This is really like, you so know, this is very... So she's a bit of a... So, uh, I'd just like to move on from here to the other big news, which was Chidambaram's release. But before I do that, I have a couple of emails that have come from our subscribers. So I'll just read two of them. This one is from Bimal Kumar. Thank you, Bimal, first of all, for subscribing. It's people like you who keep news alive because when the public pays, the public is served. Hi, team NL Hafta. I was listening to the transgender bill debate. I'm not familiar with the bill, so would restrict my observation regarding how or who should identify whether someone is transgender or not. I heard Abhinandan commenting about the issue of transgender athletes. That very issue highlights a problem with self-identification of transgender individuals. Gender, as we know, is an identity unlike sex of a person, which is a biological binary with few exceptions in the intersex. Like all identities, caste, race, nationality, etc., gender too is a social construct with no true essential nature, meaning just as there is no true Indian, true black or true gender stereotype. But unfortunately, we need valid methods for categorizing whether a person belongs to a particular identity or not, 
if you have to make sure that the affirmative action intended for them isn't misused by those who are not part of that group. There's a passport stating nationality. There's a caste certificate for caste-based reservation. The problem with athletics today is that we don't have unisex sports. The reason why we don't have it is because there is a reservation category in athletics, which we call as a women's category. The general category is the men's category. So there are only two ways out. Make athletics unisex or make sure that men are not competing in a women's category. Most gender issues in athletics are today because self-identified trans women competing in women's category making the women competition almost obsolete for cis women. The same issue is going to come up once affirmative action are stated for transgender people. People are just going to want to misuse the self-identification process. So he says, if government or any agency agency has to recognize an individual as transgender, what identification method do you think will be a valid one? Bimal. Uh, yeah, good point, Bimal. And I, I, I think it's not an easy debate. It's not one I would weigh into. I'm on the fence on, on much of it because I do get, uh, I don't know who it was regarding, but um, there was one particular athlete. Uh, I'm not talking about the Indian athlete, but I'm talking about who was not biologically born a woman and decided to undergo sex change and want to compete in the women's category. But obviously, her muscles and body structure and bone density was that of a man because much of her life she had lived as a man. So at the same time, there are people who are, like for example, the Duti Chand case, the basis on which they, of course she won the appeal, but the initial appeal, initially when they said that she can't because she's not female, it was a very arbitrary test, that testosterone level has to be X. They just decided, like, there are many women with a high testosterone level, but she is nevertheless a woman. So, yeah, and also, uh, Madhu was saying it's, uh, when I was, uh, had gone for the conference to New York at the Columbia University, so a friend of mine who's, who's uh, a professor at NYU, she was telling me the where her child goes to school, they've had to redo a whole bunch of bathrooms because, you know, someone didn't identify with, so they have to have some unisex bathrooms. So, the kharcha, that is the, the spend done for that, and she was saying, I don't, I don't get it. it they can spend that money better. But because there's this political correctness that no one should feel that I'm being discriminated against, I should be forced to pee with men or forced to pee with women, it becomes really difficult. And I don't think there are easy answers. Any, would you want to weigh in on this, Joanna? What do you think? Because this debate is a big one in the US. Uh, I mean, I can't. I I can't really weigh in on the on the transgender um, question of kind of transgender How athletes. Do you is it self determination is enough? I mean, obviously, I, mean, I think these are decisions in some cases that some of these athletic bodies are going to have to make, but obviously not in a kind of arbitrary way. But I think, I I do think. I mean, the example of 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 bathrooms. I think some of these accommodations actually are relatively easy and not that difficult. Um, and if they can, you know make you know people a little bit less you know stigmatized i think that they're worth doing hmm. anyone else want to weigh in on bimal's mail anyone has any ideas how do you this is, is a very complicated and a very difficult and i think there's just so much of science there are involved. no simple answers to this I mean. yeah yeah there aren't so um now we had mr chidambaram released those of you who are not aware he was jailed for the alleged bribery INX media case, which is, involves Peter Mukherjee and his wife as well. They claim that Indrani Mukherjee had agreed to turn approver or something, right? She said that she'd give a testimony against him. So he was in jail for 106 days. He came out and he held a press conference. It's conditional bail. They said that he cannot talk about the case, but he has compensated by saying that the government is completely at sea on the economy because they are 
clueless they have no idea and he really tore into them and can you imagine someone like chidambaram getting getting like sympathy who would have thought this man was such a horrible man <laughs> in the late 2000s who did everything from operation green hunt he oversaw that he oversaw the bullying of the press um, created the ns nsa he also oversaw amit shah's arrest he was amit shah's arrest as well so um but anyone has any take on how th- this is going to play out now is he going to become the hero of the congress or is he going to become the beating by the bjp there can be no heroes in congress i think but at the same time nobody <laughs> uh, nobody people think that this is political vendetta uh it comes out as a political vendetta and uh, there is not uh, really any case against him especially in inx media right so that that comes out very clearly so you think they they won't be able to prove anything you think they are not going to prove anything nothing has been filed charged as yet this, is, all, this is my word against you that's it there's so no what, what are the what are the see when if i am bribing someone you need to establish that i have met you Hmm. Okay, how would you establish that I have met you? A material evidence. Then second thing you need to tell paper trail. No, no, not the money hmm. that I right. gave. So you need to track that money. So how would these two things are the most important thing in the and and both of them in both the cases they are not able to establish is just uh, that approver's word against Chidambaram. Right. That's it. Also, I mean, hero maybe for a he'll keep writing his columns, he'll speak in the media, but he's not what we call a politician with a base. Right. So who is he going to be a hero for? That's true. He doesn't have the base of Mulayam or Mayawati. Yeah, exactly. So one person, yeah. No, I think the negative publicity also plays a major role these days. So maybe uh, he won't be certainly won't be a hero. Certainly, it won't be a people's. Champion, but yeah. definitely people are going to take him seriously because he has uh, he has been writing quite uh, and he's quite vocal in parliament also I, I so i think people will take him a little seriously i, I want to take a media angle to this you know when he was coming out of tihar jail there was like maybe 50 100 people there greeting him with mala shala and there was a times now reporter there and some congress you know member excited member says get out times now go back you know they didn't want and they didn't hit him but they were like because it's crowded outside the hard you know what it's like so there was some pushing and shoving and the guy says this is how you treat us see this is how they are treating us i mean not they were slapping or anything i've seen times now reporters behave worse but then he stood in the corner and said see this is what they're doing and of course they made it all about how the, the reporters being bullied by the congress people now i think in today's day and age and i'd, I'd love joanna's view on this because as an outside observer i guess you know not as polarized as us or committed on who you like or dislike in the media scene Have you seen how some of the reporters behave with their mics when they get in like especially the one um with um, Manishankar Iyer that was that he was that time with times wasn't he a uh, call uh, he was the republic call was he the reporter there or someone like when yeah, he's he trying to walk them, he's yeah. just shoving his mic think, there and blocking yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. like if someone did that to me I'd snatch the mic and hit on his head so i mean i've seen reporters <laughs> behave worse even shashi tharoor i mean when they were with, when Surrounded they were reporting his. on sunanda pushkar they were literally like hounding him short of calling him a murderer they did everything no, but you can call him but i'm just talking about the physical and way your elbows and your, of, yeah. the guys you know face uh, what in such a charged environment what, what would 
your advice be to reporters tell us some parallels in your country have you <laughs> have you ever seen anything like this happen there well, of course of course yeah, I, mean, really? I think there are scrums everywhere i mean there are physical no, no. scrums everywhere yeah oh there are? and then it becomes does that reporter become the story does that happen mm, sometimes it does? rarely usually if uh, i'm trying to remember the case you know remember from the 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 campaign wasn't it where Trump's There was a former wrestling coach who had shoved a mic at him by he is a Republican. Oh, oh well, he had uh, well. What did he do? He had he actually he actually attacked a reporter. Oh, he hit that. That was okay. in was it was it Montana? Was it in? Oh God. Yeah. No, but yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> he was a wrestling yeah. former wrestling coach, Republican. He yeah yeah. He or went and pushed him or something. North Dakota. Anyway, but what, I don't think that's unique. To but India. what is expected of party workers when someone who has behaved the way they have behaved? I mean, I'm just. I again this is no easy answer to this one anyone want to weigh in I mean you have to be civil at all times I mean there's sure. no denying that but I don't know these are things that just happen I mean I think uh, I think Aam Aadmi Party or who one of them had some of them had, it, I think it was the Aam Aadmi Party guy who devised an interesting way of tackling with them so this person was just you know with a mic shoving it and he was just he just went on his own tangent ki kyun aap modi ka itna wo karte rehte ho such modi yeah, yeah. so i think you should i think that's yeah. the best way to that's deal with the them to just start like true. lecturing them quietly and listening to them yeah he because did that he just because took it off is true. on another tour <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying yeah. but because that happens everywhere i mean uh, not the physical part yesterday i was watching this uh, interview of angela rayner she's a labor politician so they were asking her about that corbin he says he doesn't watch basically queen speech and all that mm. they were asking her about that and she kept talking about boris johnson said this 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 and ultimately i mean if you were listening to it you were like you forgot corbin and you were listening to boris johnson <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a good so strategy to sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the idea is to the idea is to irritate the person and possibly if he can hit them then they be, they, yeah. they become the no, news so the best uh, that's the best the best vessels. example of this was jnu right when these republic and students were running away from news anchors and news anchors are going into the crowd with their mic and <laughs> and then like Wanting pushing to. them ha huh, that were oh, and then even if you brush someone oh he touched me i'm being harassed it's like <laughs> no this is a very good example and you could literally see this students sudarshan, running away sudarshan <laughs> ka correspondent in jnu yeah, yeah, yeah. she was doing so when, that also. when when they said सुदर्शन की शेरनिया Uh some I mean favorite no, <laughs> Never get now you're really going to get me in trouble. <laughs> no we watch uh, I we switch back and forth with uh with all the channels but but I think I tend to watch NDTV. Mm. Secular. Secular. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so Mehraj tell us about this new citizen amendment bill. How, how is it different? What does it aim to do? uh so uh this is they first brought this out in uh, 2016 and it did it passed the lok sabha but not the rajya sabha so they have brought it back so basically what it does is all the non muslim refugees from bangladesh afghanistan and pakistan who come to india who have come to india before 31st of december 2014 will have only 5 year if they have been in india for 5 years which 5 years have already elapsed will get citizenship in india that is what this says but the fine print basically says and uh, one uh, 
part of it is how they are selling it is all these people who were left out of the NRC who were mostly Hindus so they'll benefit from this and the Muslims obviously won't so you can only they'll only expel the Muslims or send them to detention camps but the fine print how the process will happen how uh, the rules uh, governing the citizenship and the foreigners tribunals basically the crux of it is it won't help them all those Hindus because uh, because uh, there are uh, on the ground there are certain provisions that they have to fulfill to get and yes it's not possible yes, to and the biggest contradiction is when they were applying for the NRC they were trying to prove they are Indian and they gave so on affidavit saving they are Indian now to get citizenship they have to prove they are Bangladeshi <laughs> how they can do that because yeah. if they are Indian obviously this doesn't apply to them actually Shoaib has written an interesting piece how it's impossible to execute yes, on the and ground. we have our piece up by Samrat also which basically says how it's going to basically affect harm the same people it claims to benefit yeah. and also another important point is the if there's a blowback and which he says is likely going to be it'll be in northeast in Assam and all the other places not like say in Gujarat and Karnataka and elsewhere and given the history of that place it's most likely going to be violent because they're not going to accept this this is this means like 15 16 million people and also, they're not going to accept this because in Assam and certain other parts, uh, he said that this will uh, it will not apply to play, uh, states that have an inner line permit. Inner line permit and which are within the sixth rule of the constitution, which are basically tribal areas of, it's mostly uh, some part of Assam, whole of Meghalaya and... So those points. of you who heard Hafta have heard me talk about the ILP earlier when I went to shoot there. It was easier for me to get a visa for the US to go shoot than it was to go get in yeah, the ILP. Yeah. <laughs> so it's true. I mean, I'm not ILP. surprised actually. So I mean, the amount of I had to go to the Home Ministry, then I had to go to this Ministry, that Ministry, get all that. Um, but other than the fact that it's going to be very difficult to implement on the ground, the unconstitutionality of it is something that needs to be discussed and addressed. That. Our constitution doesn't allow any discrimination on the basis of religion. Now, one little loophole that the BJP spokesman tried to find was that these people aren't Indian citizens. So our constitution only applies to our citizens. But then the counter that was no, the constitution applies to anyone on Indian soil. If you're on Indian soil, you cannot be discriminated on the basis of religion. Yeah, you can't discriminate refugees. So you can't say, Ki, as you're not Indian, we can't discriminate against you. Now, I'm surprised that the BJP shills tried to come up with this little... I mean, how can you? And also, they said a persecuted Muslim was free to apply for a citizenship anyway. It's not like we are stopping them. Yeah. So while I it's think, not a natural home BGP, for them, quote unquote, they can apply anyway. It's only some people saying it. I mean, they are not even trying to hide what they are trying to do. I mean, no, they are just BGP celebrating it. I think BJP is not it. interested in the fact whether they want to do it or not. Yeah, it's, it the idea is to keep it alive till yeah. next election. A talking point. Yeah. And make it the talking point and. Uh, Polarized Hindus, Muslims, and use and it too. I mean, we have a piece. We have a piece up by uh, uh, a person who's affiliated, sort of associated with RSS. Mm. He says that it might be used to expand NRC nationally. Right. So yeah. So that you I, have another. I, I, I honestly have a question like that. A question about that. Every single time I hear Amit Shah say that he's going to expand the NRC nationwide, I would like someone to tell me. How that is legally possible? None of this is legally possible. This is legal. No, but I mean, I mean, you're talking about require. No, but and it's failed in Assam. But at least, at least in Assam, there is an actual kind of context and legal procedure, and you know, the Assam Accord and a certain cutoff date, and and you know, but there is nothing like that in the rest of India. They invent something like they did with three seventy. 
they just invented a legal sort of doctrine justification to implement it i'm sure i'm not going to lose my citizenship over this <laughs> i mean this nrc whatever they do but yes in the process there is going to be polarization and there are only yeah, the yeah. political ultimately no but you know even what uh, miraj is saying about how they invented a a, a legal argument for yeah. 370 you ask most constitutional experts or lawyers it will not stand judicial scrutiny but the only thing is like another ram janmabhoomi case the, the previous court, chief yeah. justice refused to hear uh, to, to finish that it's pending in court they'll kick the can down the road now 10 years later if they say it was illegal how do you unscramble the egg so how do you say okay now fuck it make it a state again and all that was everything was already same done. thing happened with aadhar same thing is happening with the electoral bonds thing exactly it's too late it's yeah. aadhar mm. is classic example yeah. they it's said too okay, late. it's now happened it's, it's happened now everything is hope 99% yeah. of aadhar countries already got aadhar now make it compulsory like i was the last 1% to get it because my chart account kept telling me and he told me one year before he's a new software they've created to file returns has that space for aadhar they are not going to redo another software just because 1% of you have refused to get your aadhar so you should just get your aadhar and that's what happened finally they said it's not compulsory but damn it if i have to file my returns and i can't file my returns yeah. without that mm. it is compulsory so that's what's going to happen and even in this case it i don't think it'll stand legal scrutiny but by then you know no oh, the whole country the having an NRC, nrc will throw us into chaos will be absolute i just chaos. see the politics of it i don't see the uh, practical yeah like you no, said that's, that's the danger i think uh, in some ways i mean obviously i one appreciates the political utility of a nationwide exercise like this or the threat or the you know you know concept of a nationwide exercise that can be politically useful true but uh again you know i i had a friend of mine the other day was telling me um he's you know he's gathering documents ahead of the supposed national nrc really? yes He's you know an Indian Muslim living here in Delhi you know his grand he can't prove that his grandfather arrived here before 1940 what is it 8 7 whichever the cutoff is going to be but again legally even if you prove that his grandfather was illegal how on earth can someone who was born in India Where and has an Indian him? passport yeah. and no but w- under what basis do you even challenge their citizenship that's mm-hmm. what i'm asking yeah and when you have all your documents you have a voter id you have a passport you have like yeah how do you How they But that's the that? same thing that happened in Assam, right? I mean, they had all these documents, and they still said you can't because you don't have documents from this period and that period. Same thing happened with the Ayodhya judgment, eighteen fifty-seven till nineteen forty-nine. The mosque was standing, everything was there. It was pulled down. That was illegal. Destruction was illegal. But go. before eighteen fifty-seven, you don't have anything. So let's give it to now, the other side. Now I think it will be and very interesting. And that's the Supreme Court. That's not even the government. But I think the one thing that a counter can be made is that you know many of the usual suspects say that muslims have whatever 12 countries to go to hindus have none oh. you'll be thrilled to know say jai shri ram kalasa kalasa is a new nation that <laughs> swami nityanand is establishing near ecuador so at least we'll they'll have highest standard of football if nothing else uh he fled india he has number of rape cases against him there'll be many photographs you can see him with modi also He was one of the Acha. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, bowing to him. Everyone from Asaram, Modi, uh, Nityanand, at some point or the other, Nityanand, our, our, our dear Prime Minister has held their hands and said good things. So he's forming this nation called Kalasa. He has apparently put in some sort of I don't know, there's an application to the UN to be please recognize us. I don't know what the process <laughs> is to be recognized as a nation. I don't think that's how you recognize. Other countries recognize you, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. He says. 
and anyway the whole media thing about this is like really really absurd so they're saying the first report republic tv it was right so they're saying he has bought an uh, island from ecuador but it's near trinidad and tobago Ecuador is on the Pacific coast. So Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> is like no, Caribbean in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Ecuador, but it's not near Ecuador as possible. Although mm. this headline says near Ecuador. Huh. So, and right. it can't be like in two oceans at the same time. That, that depends. That's, no, see, you that's don't understand because you're Muslim. No, no, if you're a Hindu like me, <laughs> you would understand the, 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 the space and time that we can transcend through <laughs> <laughs> see that no 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 especially if you're doing yoga there's another <laughs> sort of take your head up your ass also you know <laughs> there's another sort of a pseudo scientific explanation you know the Caribbean that area the that Bermuda also is triangle. the place with, of the famous Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle Achha, yeah, that's so. why Dityanand kab aega kab jayega pata hai you know no <laughs> no but on the citizenship bill I think it was very interesting to see Arnab uh, really go against it he's like such a pro modi journalist but he was really and this is why it'll be very interesting to see what happens in northeast because we confuse uh, nrc assam with kashmir though it's a lot about ethnic identity than religion and what people essentially want there is to get rid of bangladeshis hindus or muslims right so he was actually really taking on the government no, and, and saying this was never about throw hindu bangladeshis out too this no, is we since don't want Arnab is from Assam, he yeah. will not be able to yeah, enter yeah. Assam if he takes that view. Yeah, so yeah. he's very clever that way. He'll yeah. Tom Tom. No, Modi. and also I'm sure as an upper caste Assamese, he feels that way also. That this was I mean, this is something that you saw during the NRC how the so called liberals were also defending it. Because, hmm. you know, Bangladeshis, Hindus or Muslims were uh, I mean they've grown up on that myth of the Invasion. I don't know, the myth, but yeah, the yeah. the figure of the Bangladeshi who's taking over. Forty million. Right. I thought it was interesting to, I mean, the choice of the countries. Obviously, they're on, they're talking about Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, right? Afghanistan, yeah. And I thought to myself, hmm? <laughs> I, I saw one commentator suggesting that those countries were chosen because India is umbilically connected to them. And of course, I see that with Pakistan and Bangladesh, but I don't see that with Afghanistan. Afghanistan. But if anything... Myanmar is more unbelievably connected to India than yeah, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. The idea, the idea of Akhand Bharat, the RSS, and the Sangh Parivar have includes so Afghanistan. It includes Afghanistan ah, so because okay. Bamiyan Buddhas and everything. So okay. Indian, the Hindu culture extended up to there, and the mm-hmm. earliest India was up to there, which was true during the Mughal period also. Like part of Afghanistan was part of the Mughal Empire. And what about to the and what about to the east? How far does Akhand Bharat uh, It didn't stretch? go beyond Bengal and Assam. I see. I think it's also because yeah, the notion is that they are part of it. Akhand Bharat, of course. No, no, no. but it's not part of this. No, 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 it's no, not. But see, no, absolutely, the, absolutely. So there. That's also yeah. interesting. But yeah, the logic I guess is that there are persecuted Hindu minorities in these countries. No, but one second. So if there were any Tamilians, Tamils in Sri Lanka, if and they are I mean, I am no pro LTTE person, although there are many Tamil Sarma you family aren't? have. I'm not, but they are, I have relatives <laughs> who are who completely identified with the Tamil, you know, Elam. Uh, well, if not the Elam cause, but they said that Tamils are treated badly by the Sinhalese. I mean, that's, that's kind and, of true and they also. were kind of. There was some merit to the fact that they were pushed because they were disproportionately well off for their numbers. Uh, so, if that were to replay again, are you saying? Indians would not take those refugees, I think that would cause an uproar in the South. That's exactly what this is saying. I don't think they care so much about what the not South yet. says. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but, but I think with time, that's going to be difficult. But yeah, I think like everything else that the BJP does, 
the cliche that the Terran country part is very true. Every decision of theirs just is, is very problematic. And Sri Lanka is actually where Tamils have suffered genocide. Yeah, I mean, if there's one, but they're Christian. Is is it because it's mostly Christian there? <laughs> No, they're no, these guys are Buddhists. Tamils are mostly Christians or Hindus? Oh, no. Hindus. 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 Mostly Some Hindus. Christians also, also Christians, but mostly, yeah. yeah. Strange. It's the only place where Buddhists like whacked me for showing my back to the Buddha. I was like, dude, you're a fucking Buddhist, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so wherever you're in the majority, you become violent. So let's be clear. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Myanmar, case in point. Yeah, we were shooting there for having my plate. So yeah, we'd gone to Candy Temple of the Tooth. And as you walk in and then you're walking out and you're shooting, man. And the same thing in Ajmer Sharif. If my hands are like this, someone come and whack you, put your hands like this. Ajmer Sharif is a racket. Yeah. And same thing there. I'm Truly. talking to my cameraman. The guy whacks me. Why are you showing your back to the tooth? I was like, Buddha's tooth doesn't even fuck whether bloody my back is to him or my face is to him. The only like, time I went to Ajmer Sharif, <laughs> so I was coming out and outside on the stairs, uh, they don't let you take the shoes inside. Hmm. So outside on the stairs, I was sitting on the last stair and, and tying my it. shoes. My shoes were on the road. Hmm. And he's like, no, you can't do it here. Could I said, I'm on the road. Answer. He's like, no, you're still on the stairs. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have one more email and then I want to end with talking about the US. Oh boy. Because uh, this is too exciting, man. Like like yesterday, I, I saw this guy's tweet, Trump, in response to Pelosi. He really hates her. But this subscriber doesn't want me to mention his name. But here's what he says. Hello, NL team. I'm a long-time subscriber. I live outside India now. And I appreciate your work. Although I fit the stereotype of a news laundry subscriber, Abhinandan believes. Mm-hmm. I am basically a moron. Uh, yeah? Joanna, for context, most of our subscribers... No, no. I said most of our subscribers are either doing a doctorate, oh, post-doctorate reason. research from MIT. We have a very disproportionate amount of emails that come from places, especially in the US. And also uh, from uh, from Switzerland, we had someone doing post-doctoral research or Sweden or something. Or from MIT or Harvard or Sloan Kettering Medical Center, someone's doing something. So I said, obviously our subscribers are highly educated. So they must be wondering like, why do we listen to these guys? No, I met one. <laughs> And I was so surprised. I went to Punjab. Mm. I met someone in uh, there's a village called Harjiana mm. in Hoshiarpur. So, so I was I had gone there to locate my land. So uh, which uh, you know these guys were mapping. So he had his land you know adjacent to my plot. So he said, Ki, "Where do you work, sir?" So I said, Ki, "He won't know what news laundry is." So I said, "News laundry, sir. I subscribe it." Are you serious? Wow. Go- <laughs> How nice! <laughs> it was so Wonderful. nice. Punjabi is everywhere. <laughs> Firstly, regarding the science versus arts debate, did you guys just start this debate to engage your audience or get responses? Just asking. No, I was actually curious. I have studied Generally. Bachelor. Joanna, for context, we there was this whole thing that JNU are all artsy and the science guys and the arts are useless and that whole thing. So I've studied bachelors in design, artsy wala design, not engineering design. At IIT, I went in through the joint entrance exam and even though I wanted to study theoretical physics, I had to choose design because of pressure from family and mentors. They associated physics with a dead-end lecturer academic job and they have heard that design pays well. I believe the bias is not against STEM and business versus arts. It's just between high income and low income prospects. This is true in other societies as well. For example, lawyers and law students in the US. I concede that many of the students from IITs end up pursuing money, but there are a few exceptions as well. UPSC 2009, All India Rank 1 and 2 are both IIT grads. I happen to know that the All India Rank 2 guy had 15-20 lakh per annum job offered from Samsung in 2017 and gave it up to prepare for UPSC. 
even the IT IM grads who end up working in IT jobs for their entire life are not after luxuries. Just the fees you pay for an IT IM is about nine to twenty lakhs, and three to five years of coaching for G, it's not cheap. Even at fifteen lakh annual salary, it will take over two years to recoup the money and buy a basic apartment. One of the panelists' view on the left brain versus right brain is uninformed. Science requires creative thinking and the ability to imagine abstract ideas. Mathematical reasoning and language are both represented on the left hemisphere of the brain, which makes it crucial for studying liberal arts and sciences. Why is your tech so bad? Everything from the UX to loading speed is suboptimal, and I found an obvious bug in your payment flow. The most crucial part of the business that should have been easily caught by Q and A. I have even sent a mail regarding the bug from the same email ID in case you want to look it up. Can someone please tell me what happened to Anand Ranganathan? Thanks and regards. Well, uh, first of all, MV. That's what I'll call you. That's your initials. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your advice and suggestions. Well, for one, the site, like I said, is migrating. The migration um, is going to happen. Over a weekend, because the site may be down for like maybe 24 hours when we migrate to a different CMS. Uh, I think they're aiming to do that this weekend. If not this weekend, definitely by the end of next week. So then all these bugs will get fixed anyway. What happened to Anandar? I really don't know. He seemed like a reasonable, rational person, even though I disagreed with him on many fronts. I think he's turned into the Sohail Sage of the right. He's on every debate from rape. I mean, okay, I don't want to name the channel because I don't want to get the poor guest coordination guy in. Every three days, I get a call, so I've stopped taking his calls. So please pick up the phone. We are having a debate on onion prices. Please join us. I don't get the fuck to know about onion prices. I don't even know how to cook. I'm the I'm the stereotypical Indian Punjabi man. I don't enter the kitchen. I don't know how much onions cost. Okay, why? Like, why would I be? So please join us on the debate about a rape that's happened. So I texted in a joke. I was like, "Why don't you call Anand?" <laughs> he texted back saying, "He's already joining us." <laughs> so just like Sohail said, he used to be on every debate. He's on fucking every debate. It's Ram Mandir. It's rape. It's onion. It's Swati. It's fuck. Darwin. What the fuck? What? What? What are these prime time shit? So you just got to be able to string a sentence together. Sound kind of reasonably informed, like Sohail said. Used to, although used to be talk complete shit. Well, his Darwin uh, argument cuts across all the <laughs> all everything. Fits. So I don't know what happened, bro. But I think media happened. Once you get a little bit of media fame, you don't want to let go. So then you want to be on every panel talking about anything. So Joanna, first of all, to lay the context. Where are we on <laughs> Mr. Trump's impeachment, and how likely is this? Sure. So, you know, as of now, you've had impeachment hearings. Uh, the Intelligence Committee has submitted its report. You've also had a hearing in the Judiciary Committee. The Judiciary Committee is the one that will draw up the actual articles of impeachment. So they're going to decide, you know, the articles of impeachment are akin to, you know, an indictment or a charge. They'll decide exactly what charges to uh, go forward with um, against the president. It appears now that it's going to be something like um, bribery and obstruction of justice, right. at least potentially something else. And once they drop those articles, the House of Representatives will vote on it potentially before Christmas. But no, it will vote on it before Christmas, and they will pass it. That's my. That would be my. But it won't go through. Well, the next step. So there's a couple steps. That's the first step. Right. So the House of Representatives, which is democratically, which is democratically controlled, frames the charges. Looks like they're moving. Quite quickly, they intend, according to all of our reporting, they intend to have this vote before Christmas. They'll vote on the articles of impeachment. They will have a majority. And for then that. it goes to? Then it goes to the Senate. 
where so the, the Republicans have where control. the Republicans have control, and the Senate conducts a trial, quote unquote, of the president based on those charges. What form that trial takes is completely up to the Senate. You know, impeachment is not a judicial process. Sure. It's a political process. When we talk about a trial, the Senate gets to decide exactly what that means. So in the Senate trial, mm-hmm. will they have questioning from the Republicans and the Democrats? Will yes. they get to question? I mean, question if, if previous... So or do they even we have to do that? Have or they can one, just reject it? Or they no, can reject that we won't do a trial? I mean, look, we don't have a lot of precedent here. We really don't have a lot of precedent here. Only two presidents have ever been impeached in the House. Okay. Right? And so the last one was... Bill Clinton. Everyone, I think people often forget that Richard Nixon was not actually impeached. He resigned in order to avoid being impeached. Mm. Right. So there is no modern, then you have to go back to the 19th century to Andrew Johnson. There is no modern precedent for removing a president via this process. That's why we're going to get into kind of uncharted waters pretty soon. So yeah, if you go, if you're going to, if they go according to the process they used for Bill Clinton, then yeah, there are certain rules, you know, they'll be able to call certain witnesses for certain periods of time, but the Republicans, those decisions are mostly in the Republicans control. Mitch McConnell's in particular, the Senate majority leader who recently called, (laughs) recently called the impeachment process, uh, quote, um, performance art for coastal elites. Oh, so wow. you can Although he was very critical of Trump in the early time, wasn't he? Before Trump became president? All Republicans were, I think. <laughs> so, but yeah. But, but you know. That's a long one, time ago. <laughs> that's a long time. No, but one thing that I've, I uh, agreed with, and I saw mm-hmm. a commentator saying this on CNN. Mm-hmm. He says the tragedies, and I couldn't tell which side of the divide he was because he seemed quite reasonable. He says the impeachment process is a process that should help you make up your mind whether this guy is guilty of whatever he's being accused of or not. He says the problem with today's politics, and not just with politics that the politicians are practicing, but the politics of everybody is, you have made up your mind, you're just watching this for time pass. And to confirm your bias. Yeah, not even a bias. So I, is that really true? You think this process will make anybody switch sides? And I'm not just talking about the House or Senate, regular folk. I guess I well I would kind of take that question apart in a couple of ways. So, um, you know, from the kind of polling that you know I've seen again from afar is that it seems to be that this you know this issue the the percentage of people who say that he should be impeached and removed has gone up over the course of this process. So it is changing some people's minds on that question itself. Right. Um, you know, I think some of that I would have to say that I think some of that criticism is a little you know is a little disingenuous only so far as you know, you can say that the process is unfair. You can say that, you know, you think these people are biased, but the president has refused to participate in this sure. process. Yeah. He keeps saying how innocent he is, but he will not let there. There's a long list of senior officials who in theory could testify to his, to and the blamelessness of his behavior. And he's not letting them do that. He's not letting, he's not letting uh, them testify. He's not letting any documents come out from the White House. Not even Richard Nixon did that. Richard Nixon let his aides mm. testify, let documents come out. So to say that, you know, the process is one-sided and it's not helping people make up their minds, well, then have both sides. I, I also would like to hear what these people have to say very much. He's specifically named WAPO a few times, right? And, and said you, <laughs> you're, en- you're enemy of the people. I, I think enemy of the people is the media. I think we get the we get the Amazon Washington Post, which is uh, compared to you know the failing New York Times. He has a little epithet hmm. for each newspaper. 
But um, he cancelled the subscription also of the New York yes, Times. Yes, I and heard the that the, right, the press office was cancelling yeah. the subscriptions. Yeah. So do you see this winding up any time before the next election? This process it could sure. Of course it could. I mean, I think the I think the 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 Republican majority in the Senate would like it to very much. No, no. I mean, like the the impeachment impeachment process. process. Yes, I mean the impeachment yeah. process. Okay. It's so a, you'll have the vote in the House of Representatives in before Christmas. The process will pass to the Senate. I'm no political strategist, but I think it's in the Republicans' interest to wrap this up as quickly as they can. They will make the Senate trial. So the right. So the impeachment is the indictment. The Senate is the trial, and that determines whether he gets removed from office, and they'll try to wrap that up, I think, as quickly as they can before any of their majority wobbles yeah. on the question, and then the impeachment will be over. But speaking of enemy of the people and, and just the pushback against media as mm-hmm. liberal elites and just this hostility towards them, I know for a fact that many reporters face that when they go on the ground. Uh, I saw it during the election. I was in Banaras. And I saw a lot of reporters getting a hard time. And it was unfortunate, but even during the Jan Lokpal movement, no one touched anybody. But at the one particular, it, it wasn't every time. I think we did a very good job of having very disciplined volunteer base. But in India Gate, I remember one evening when Barkha came, people started chanting Radia and Barkha go home. Because the English media wasn't very, say, favorably inclined towards the Jan Lokpal movement. The Hindi media was more favorably inclined. Uh, they're more critical. But even though I've seen Trump drum up mobs, is there a hostility towards the media in the US by general folk or not really? It's just him ranting. No, there's 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 definitely hostility toward the media amongst a certain, certain quarters. I mean, we were just earlier talking about this incident with this you know politician in Montana who right body slammed this reporter. That he's a politician. CNN has received threats. Yeah, I mean, regular, regular folk. people, like when you're reporting, do they view you as... Like if, if, like a, if you're going into a rally, I mean, do journalists feel a little insecure sure. Or, sure. or is there slogan I mean, against at, them? At, at, uh, I think at, you know, at Trump rallies, journalists are actually kind of penned in mm-hmm. in, a, in a kind of, you know, place sometimes, you know, with actual like physical, physical barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, not what you're describing, not kind of, you know, There's like a slogan mobs, mm-hmm. mob-like kind of behavior. behavior. No, but no, I think there's the tenor of the discourse against the media is, is quite and why do you think disturbing. That is, you think at one level, I'm not saying one can justify the hostility or the abuse that one gets from politicians. But has the media historically been very liberal dominated and not being able to speak to a very large section of the citizenry? And I'm not saying one has to agree to, you know, mob justice or the kind of stuff, but to be able to address and write about issues that really impact them. Like, for example, um, a demographic change, say, in, uh, in Assam, mm-hmm. you know, without making it sound bigoted. You know, I will kind of defend the reporting of the Washington Post, mm-hmm. you know, from here to, you know, eternity. I think that it's an incredible newspaper that does a really, that takes its role very, very seriously and does and does a really good job. You know, do 
does mainstream media in many places? Do they miss stories? Do they have their own, do they bring to this, you know, conversation their own biases? Of course they do, but I would not mean, that doesn't mean wholesale accepting kind of the narrative that you get in places, some parts of the conservative media in the United States, which is that, you know, their voices are just completely ignored. What do you think, Miraj, Manisha, at one and, level? Uh, sorry, I have mm-hmm. one question. And this mm-hmm. hostility, I mean, if not hostility, criticism also comes from the left. Not yes, just the, absolutely I mean, right. The, it does. One, it one does. The, it does. Like the Bernie Sanders campaign mm-hmm. is and his supporters, mm-hmm. every opportunity they get, they mm-hmm. say that, mm-hmm. uh, I think on the day of the 2016 election or the primary, I, I don't remember which one, so the Washington Post published 16 negative stories against Bernie Sanders in 16 hours. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I mean, they have screenshots. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. The Bernie I'm, Sanders uh, campaign. Yeah, so you, but I, let me, let so just, this is on both sides, right? It's not a right It would be very thing. hard for us to publish 16 stories about Bernie Sanders in a 24-hour period. So that's why I'm skeptical. It could but be not just stories. I mean, online? like the opinion pieces and all, Even all that, kinds of I, stuff. Even that, it's yeah. still a lot. No, no, it's there. I mean, I, I counted the stories. It's there. That's not but a... in a 24-hour period? In 16 hours, yes. So one story an hour. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. But it could be an online... I mean, online, yeah, I'm sure you publish I, a lot of stuff. All of them about him or mentioning him? Maybe Basically about hours. him, I mean, like taking him down. No, but I think he, we'll I mean, in one sense, even Michael Moore's documentary kind of shows how the liberal media did prop up Hillary and generally. Uh, oh, that is the, I mean, the feeling I suppose, I mean, that's, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. by, that was Michael Moore's case in his film as well. Have you watched it, by, by the way? I haven't. Mm, interesting. Although I do think his films earlier used to be much better now. I mean, a documentary film is you have a thesis and you're making a film to prove it, basically. I don't think anyone goes to a documentary like it goes through a news report that it has to be fair and balanced. But now it's gone so far that it's, I think mm. you're just preaching to the converted. But, but what about in India? Do you, do you see any reason to, or do you see any sense in some of the criticism that foreign correspondents get for a blinkered sort of reporting or... You guys tell me. No, but I want to know. I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think at times, yeah. Well, it's quite simplistic. But, but, we, then, we've, but we've spoken about it here. It's like The Economist, right? When you read a piece in The Economist, which so many of my banker friends, you know, who are in New York and cushy jobs with hedge funds, they quote The Economist whenever the fuck they want. But one report about India and they're like, what shit? I'm like, dude, because you know India really well. You fucking spent 45 years here. So, you know, every nuance, you know, every what are the caste equations, what they're saying about an economic thing has a caste element, it has a religious element, it has a historical element. It's like, why tell all friends of mine who say, I'm, I'm going to go to America and join a network and report there? As you don't stand a chance. You don't know anything about American history. You don't know anything about context. You can't learn all that in two years. You know, you got to report for an Indian, uh, you know, news platform, go there, but no foreign platform is going to take you because you don't bring anything to the table. So I think that any... F- person who is in a country which you're not familiar with, if a local reads up on that, you will find stuff that dismisses that X, Y, Z. But sometimes it's also an advantage because she'd probably see things that we won't and we'd miss. So sometimes I think there's also, I mean, it can also be used in to... In reporting it is, but in opinion writing... I don't no, not opinion writing, but do you, I mean, has it ever been that in your seven years that you've faced criticism yeah, and I mean, you I felt, think, okay, mm-hmm. maybe there's some sense to that or okay, maybe... Or, or do you think I mean, that I think some of the, the bias criti- some of the, thing is just... I mean, some of the criticism, to the extent that I find criticism justified, I think it mostly comes when um, 
you know, I write mostly for an American audience. Mm. I mean, that is the fundamental. I have to write a story that my editors understand. I have to write a story that my readers understand. And that, unfortunately, uh, may at times read, you know, a little bit slightly simplistic for mm. an Indian audience because I am not writing for, I am not working for an Indian news outlet. So sometimes when people say to me, you know, like, oh, you left out this, you left out that, well, of course, I knew that, <laughs> but it requires a kind of level of explanation yeah, that is just, it just, I mean, and of course it's different now, of course, with the, with, with the shift obviously to online digital news, which is your, your audience is global in many ways. So you are trying to write for people in different places. So that can be difficult. Um, look, I welcome criticism. Um, if people take issues with what we cover it or how we cover it, I think we can always, you know, do better. I think most recently the main criticism aimed at the foreign media has been for the coverage in Kashmir. And I think, again, I can only speak for the Washington Post's coverage. I can't speak for anybody else's. But, but I, I think that criticism is motivated. And I think that criticism is serving a different purpose. It's not about, it's not about kind of media analysis. Yeah, before we wind up quickly, there was this sting operation of India today. What did that sting operation show? <laughs> so, <laughs> like all India, so, sting operations. Yeah, they did a, I remember they did a similar thing two years ago, I think, about uh, all these Kashmiri protesters taking 500 bucks each from mm. Huriyat or somebody or Pakistan usually In fact, to one throw of those, stones. But one of them, they had shown an interview that was very old, right? Exactly. Which and was it, like it all t basically it all turned out to be a pack of lies. Mm. So there was nothing there. And the other day mm. so they said we have this big operation sting operation and they got they showed these four people inside our hotel in delhi mm. saying that if you give us one crore or two crore rupees we'll throw stones we'll burn schools mm. one you go out on the street in delhi and ask somebody i'll give you one crore they'll kill their mother and hang their dog <laughs> <laughs> two one guy is from uh, gandharbal another is from Srinagar. somebody else is from somewhere else mm. All four of them together, how is that possible? Are here in Delhi in a hotel. Are here in Delhi in a hotel. Number, uh, another thing is, uh, this one person, they described as, he was formerly a worker or a leader with a national political party. They didn't say which one. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> they shown the faces. Yeah, yeah they shown the they faces. Shown the faces. And one is a local cricketer. I mean, I checked with yeah, my friends. So, you know, I checked with also, people out there. Nobody knows who they are. The seriousness of the sting should be judged by the fact that Rajdeep didn't air it. Yeah, because he, showed, he just completely ignored it. I, mean, God, God, I think Gaurav Savan discussed Gaurav it. Gaurav really. and uh, Rahul. Rahul. We were doing but that uh, prime time thing that day, yeah. right? And uh, four people, and when they started, they said this is a broad cross-section of society, and they have four people. Hmm. Broad cross-section of society. And four people nobody knows about. And the way they're talking about, we'll go into a mosque and we'll like uh, take over the mic and we'll shout slogans and everything. I think none of them have ever been inside a mosque. They don't know how it works. It's hmm. not how you do and go in a mosque. Or oh, maybe there's not the sting operation guy is an idiot. So, But, uh, but you know, the, my problem with this kind of a sting is that A, I know Raman sir has a problem with strings generally in life. Is that even if, even if I can find five people who will pelt stones for money, does that mean the other 500 there are also pelting stones for money? Because we have done an on-ground report and we have spoken to, we, I mean, the news laundry camera, which we didn't participate was the only camera that has covered a stone pelting from the side of the stone pelters. So we had a guy wearing a hidden cam who joined the guys. He spent time there. He spoke to, there are many people who are happy to, they say, we don't give a shit. Take us, beat us up, 
but we're going to continue to do this. Mm. So even if the failed cricketer, the national party, even if all of them said, let's all go together and stay in a hotel in Pahargan and wait for the sting operation to come and let's say they were to do yeah. it also. Yeah. What the fuck does that prove? I mean, as a news professional, you have to say this proves X. I mean, if you're doing a sting operation, that see this this conversation. I can do a sting operation with a journalist saying that I can do a story. Yeah, doing I a sting operation, like I can do a meta. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But does that mean all journalists are doing that? They're not. Yeah. That's I, what. But th- that's the problem. I think. Um, a sir, I know. I think Gaurav has worked under you, but sir, <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe he yeah, had not well, he yet worked. fully formed was, as a. How old he was? Eight, nine. When was he? How, he was a nine years old when he was a, <laughs> no he was older so this was in 1998 okay so maybe he had become 19 but what i'm saying is most of these journalists are they are they're silly boys who have been given a mic in a studio and say go make a star yourselves and they fucking go and do it and you know and there are other people like me who go and sit in panels every night and talk about everything from rape to onion prices to fucking why <laughs> the government is falling like what the fuck that's television that's the problem and also there's another thing with the national security reporting if you remember that caravan story so most of the stuff they spout on tv write in newspapers they're fed by the intelligence agencies and all those people and these people are very pally with them so yeah so it's you never know what's problem. happening in fact india today routinely we should do a series on india today they routinely every now and then have this hotel where they sting a few kashmiris <laughs> i think it's the third time they're doing this Maybe they have a membership of Mahindra Resort. There's a way to do it. So you know, we, we should, should reconstruct the entire The stings of how this India thing today. We should go to the hotel. <laughs> when did they check in? We should do. We should do a sting cast. And one guy is calmly saying, Ek do to lagi chayenge. And he's saying, One crore. Yeah, ek do crore. I was thinking, I was like, Dude, are you kidding? And to that's what I said, like, Dude, you come to me and get it done in less time. Actually, <laughs> who wants to also pay one crore one for stone painting which you can get done for free? Well, like yeah. I said, like half the people in this country will kill their mother for that much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're going to wind up. But before we do that, I have two quick mails. Please keep your recommendations ready. So this is from Swaroop Reddy. Hi, Manisha. You hmm. mentioned income tax collected in India is 3% and the rest are indirect taxes. Please see the link below for a detailed breakup. And uh, a PIBGOV.in website is there. I understand the emotive... Personal income tax, not income tax, personal. So that's personal income tax. Swarup, she is clarifying. I understand the emotive issue around students of GNU, but it's important to give the right facts. I'm for student subsidies, but to say only 3% of income tax comes from tax collection is preposterous. If your dear friend Sudhira... <laughs> no, I can't have given wrong data like this. You would have roasted them. Probably made this error without knowing the facts, which is okay. And others in mainstream media peddle lies openly. That is the main difference. Keep up your great work, Swaroop. I'll check and I'll get back to you on this. But I, this is something that I read in the Economic Times and Huffington Post. But personal income tax. So that doesn't include direct corporate taxes and... Uh, taxes. Yeah, this is yeah. just individual yeah, personal income tax that we file. About 3%. I I think, it is minuscule. I don't yeah, know I the exact right. percentage. I think, but I'll minuscule. check. I'll check again. The taxes we personally file, right? Yeah, That's, yeah, 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 that, yeah. that is a minuscule. Uh, the other email is from Swapnil. Swapnil says, during the genuine discussion, you completely dismissed the student age argument with two valid points. It does not take a long time to complete a PhD, MPhil, etc. Not all people are privileged enough to have an early and uninterrupted education. But I think most people who make the age argument are talking about a third category of students who join the institutions and then do not complete the course in time. They linger on the institution more than twice as long as it takes for the average student to complete the same course. We even make have movies refer, 
references like DJ and Rangde Basanti fantasizing about staying in college forever. <laughs> we all have such friends who are such super senior thugs who run the college. <laughs> I think it'll be good if you can clarify that most institutions have rules which prevent such behavior. Our engineering course had a limit of eight years after which you're disqualified. Number of students is so low that it hardly matters. Number of such students. If possibly, maybe you can get a number from JNU. So, Apnil, you're absolutely right. In fact, this phenomena is not so much a JNU phenomena as a Delhi University phenomena. When I was in Delhi University, I remember the biggest goons and we were 18, 19. This DJ character, and I've said this, I think I've said this in Hafta. I think Rakesh Mehra, he's a SRCC product. That's a Delhi University college. He had cracked that character so beautifully because I remember when I was in college, there were these guys who were in the 30, you know, they were 30, 31, 32. Now they feel like young, but... Back then, they were like such old guys. And they used to hang around college because like DJ says, that means I'm somebody here. Because I can beat up someone who, I will not name the industrialist, but he was in school with me and he came to college as cousin. And there's this guy called Amit Bhai who was from Timarpur. Bashed the fuck out of them. In the Hindu, you know where this, the virgin tree used to be. And everyone just stood around and watched. Outside college, Amit Bhai would not get entry into that guy's Aurangzeb Road residence driver's house. But it Hindu, he could slap this guy around and nothing could happen to him. That's a reality of DU. And that is why there were these guys who were, they were somebody there. Outside, they were nobody. So I think also Anand's point was that some of them um, are at least pursuing IAS studies and they stick yeah. around. So yeah. And then there is this one email which I'm going to, Edgar, we're going to carry this as a piece. Um, we discussed autism. Well, we didn't discuss autism, but we were talking about how many parents have such a frustrating time, you know, getting the paperwork to prove that the child is autistic and whatever benefits. So he says, Henel News Laundry team, long-time subscriber based out of Dubai. Uh, and he calls this autism terrifying, frustrating, and a paradox of extreme ironies. This is in context to one of the side discussions that were initiated by Raman Kripal in Hafta 252, who mentioned about an autistic child's parents running around from pillar to post for documentation. Uh... He says, why terrifying one in every hundred children under the age of 10 in India is autistic. And he's given links to this, uh, to each of the claims he's made. While autism is not a disease, there is still no cure. The only way one can deal with autism is through early intervention. The earlier, the better. Uh, what is also equally terrifying is the number of side industries claiming miracle cures for autism. And parents clutch at straws. He says, the frustrating thing is that the conversation during the news laundry discussion made something evident with no fault of the panel. The understanding was woefully inadequate, but what can you expect when we as part of the general population don't know about autism spectrum unless you have a near and dear one affected mm. by it? A blue collar worker who is from UP, who I know works as a cleaner in Dubai and on a day of casual conversation, he goes on to say that that guy's child is autistic as he found out, but they've sent her to a regular school. Um, now she doesn't talk to anybody, but he says she's fine. You don't want to acknowledge it. You don't want to acknowledge autism. There's no knowledge. So... And the irony of one would infer that we just don't have the trained resources to deal with autism. Well, not really. He says, heard the term brain drain, something we attribute to software engineers and lament to town about. Come to Dubai and you will find a large number of centers for children with special needs, a majority. I will stick my neck out and say 70% of the staff are Indian who are taking care of autistic child, whereas in India there is such an illiteracy mm. or an ignorance about this condition. You're absolutely right, Edgar. In fact, um, it's, it's, it's sad that when I was in school, <clears throat> now when you think back, some of the kids who you studied with were special needs kids, but either there was not the acknowledgement, they said, so yeah, we'll publish this as a piece. It's very well-informed and well-researched. So thank you. 
Um, so thank you so much, Joanna. My pleasure. Thank you guys for, for having me. I hope uh, the air quality improves. <laughs> Inshallah. Mm-hmm. Inshallah. Right. So let's go with the recommendations. What is yours? Uh, I decided to go uh, a little bit, um, you know, off topic. Uh, I wanted, I tried to find something, you know, heartwarming. So I uh, did, uh, have any of you read the profile of Tom Hanks? It was in no. the New York Times. Oh, no, I'd love to. Yeah, check that out. It's by Taffy Brodesser Ackner. Um, basically, it's got a nice, you know, there's the journalistic challenge of how to write a profile of someone who's just a fundamentally decent guy. Uh, <laughs> and then also, uh, I really, I found it touching as, as, as a parent because there's some stuff in there about, you know, what it's like for your kids to get older. Um, so I highly recommend it. All right. Thank you. Raman, sir? Uh, I'll plug our own uh, series, Anal Sena Project. Mm-hmm. The stories on Telangana, the strike and uh, the other things. I think this is the story about uh, the Chief Minister Kesia. Uh, the one story is out, the second is coming out. So the, the one I read is about the families. The families. Affected. The uh, second one is about but what? The second one is about how they, uh, how he's, um, the KCR, I think it's, Megalomaniac, as people so call it's him. More about his. He, uh, his and, and how the mismanagement has happened. Right. Of the, the, and the third story is about the journalists. That Cup how he's, uh, I mean, how he uh, made organizations, you know, uh, to expel those journalists. Oh, he wow. even, uh, he even arrested, uh, he, he even arrested, uh, you know, some of the journalists. See, this is why it's important you guys pay to keep mm. news free now. I think maybe about 10 or 8 or 10 people contributed and we collected about lakh and a half for the story. The budget was 2 lakh 20. Many of you can still contribute. We'll keep that NL Sena project up even after the stories have gone up. Just hoping you guys can at least top it up. Yeah. Because then we can do more such stories. We'd like to do reports that are public interest and they will only be public interests when the public pays, not when advertisers pay. So and I urge you. Uh, there's one more story. Uh, this is NYT story. Uh, Jungle Prince of Delhi. Oh yes, okay. that we, one. Oh, we didn't. I think this I was think, yeah, last someone, Madhu oh, had, I think. Madhu had. Thank you, sir. Um, Maharaj. Oh. oh, so two pieces, both on the citizenship bill. One is our own piece by uh, Samrat. Why citizenship bill endangers the very people it claims to help? I think the headline explains it all. And the other is the excellent uh, explainer by Shoaib Doanyal on scroll. Uh, which basically lays out all the problems with it, how it's going to work or not work and all that. And it's called, uh, how exactly does India's citizenship amendment bill discriminate against Muslims? I see. It is the 27th anniversary of the demolition of Babri Masjid. So I think um, a very nice piece by Anand Patwardhan in the Indian Express, a lesser known narrative of Ayodhya from 1857 and the dispute. It's a must read. We've started a new column, a new media critique column, which is going to be fortnightly by Kalpana Sharma. It's called Broken News. And she's done a really nice piece uh, looking at the media coverage on rapes and why some rapes get extensive coverage and others are ignored. I think you should read that. And I did an interview with Atish Tasir. Uh, please listen to that. It's a podcast interview. I've asked him some really hard questions and he's gracefully answered them. Really? So, you want fangirling all over him? Hmm? I asked him all the uncomfortable questions and he took them on. So I think you should listen to a lot of what he has to say about questions like why does he have his father's surname or yeah. or why was he celebrating his green card. So I, think I will he really say that about Atish. You can ask him anything. He doesn't hold it yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah. You can just... He, he doesn't so, sulk about it. And it's a podcast it. interview. So. Right. I have a couple of recommendations. One is... Um, 
it will make all the indians i i i guess it make them cringe um it's such an old podcast that they reuploaded and i heard again on planet money npr we cooked a peacock so it's basically in the 1600s a good spice rub was the ultimate display of wealth so a how good what? Pe- peacock cooking peacock so peacock pie is a big thing there and somehow to me it appears that the guy who's the peacock um delivery guy or the peacock agent he sounds very indian <laughs> so i'm just wondering if he is the other interesting why, one why does he sound indian like what? his name is ashu he has an indian accent and i'm like dude you sound indian you know <laughs> if if you were to come back to india you're going to be in trouble you think our national bird yeah dude it's no it's it's in india you if you do that you'll be in jail man and um the other one is um it, it's a fascinating podcast it's the map that made manhattan it's almost 200 years ago how they actually built new york from scratch it's fascinating uh and it really shows that the designers or the planners at that time had vision and that's why visionary is a word we should use sparingly whoever came up with this ncr for example is not a visionary that person just about knows where their next meal is coming from uh but to think so far ahead that this is how it's going to grow and this is what we're going to need is phenomenal um and the final recommendation is i've recommended before but please watch it when they see us is what the series is called the netflix oh, yeah. series i have i haven't seen that of the central park 5 of what happens when you let mobs take over um it will move you it's deeply troubling deeply disturbing and i think it it can teach us a lot so thank you joanna thank you guys thank you thank you sir thank you, thank you panel thank, thank you. you guys who wrote in thank you for listening i shall leave you with this song dedicated to the citizens who may not be citizens soon podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.